Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, shall we have a little celebration right quick? What What are we celebrating? We had a thousand listens on Corona Coffee, episode one. Beer, 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 beer. Whoa. All we do is celebrate these days, I tell you. <laughs> Okay, Amanda, in podcast world, though, that's really good. That's like a really big deal. A really big deal. I feel like I've been, I, I feel like every time I posted stats since like week one, you were like, yeah, but are we at a thousand yet? <laughs> What do you mean 200 plays? Is that crap? I, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's a really big deal. So we are killing it uh, in the okay, podcast game. You know what I was going to ask, which is probably a really stupid question, considering I could technically label myself a podcaster. Mm-hmm. What the fuck do podcasts even mean? What's pod? Well, <laughs> I think that pod is like a, a nod to like Apple like the iPod. Oh. So I believe oh, that it's a nod. Like a broadcast in your iPod. Correct. Yes. <laughs> then why are podcasts available on things that are not Apple? I don't know. Maybe Apple was like the originator of where you could listen to it, unless you were maybe like hosting it yourself. Like maybe they were the original podcast host but technically if you play it on spotify it's a a spot cast (laughs) you know what i'm saying like like does apple own the word um that's a good question i don't think so i don't think so because that's like dead ass a made-up word it is i think that maybe this requires some google but maybe at a later date because I was thinking about it, I was like, at some point, somebody who's old in my life is going to approach me and be like, what is a podcast? I'm going to be like, you know what? <laughs> I know a lot of things, but I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's like um, it's like an old-timey radio show. Um, it's like talk radio digitally. I don't know. I mean, I guess that would be what it is, but I was like, 
I was I was sitting in the pool with the girls today. I was like, really though, what is pod? <laughs> so that's 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 good. No, I it's actually been a really huge. It's a world. It's a lot of information. I had no idea that there was this much. You mean like? I mean, I knew I knew it was big, and it was a you know a gigantic genre of stuff, and there's a podcast for everyone and everything. But like, it's a whole world. Like you know, like it, people are like, world. I'm a student. I'm a I'm a journalism student. Okay, well, podcasting is its whole own media. Like it's. Mm-hmm. And there's all these fucking rules and 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 customs and the other day I was what trying to rule, come up what with rules. You know, there's just rules. Like if you post an audiogram, you got to have this and you got to have that and you got to oh. do this. And then, you know, like how to time your social media. And I was like, what the fuck? The other day I posted a tweet and was like, it's Tuesday, and I felt like saying this. Shit. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think I think you could you could certainly release a podcast without anything. But at the same time, it's like, well, what's the point? If you if you're going to put this much time and effort into doing something, you want people to listen to it. You want you you obviously have something that you think is of value for people to listen to. And so you want to, you know, push that out to an audience that is interested in listening to it. And we've done that. And we've did that oh, no, a totally. thousand times so far with episode one. Hey. No, that's great. Congrats to us. That's great. But I'm, I'm also learning that, though. Yeah. Because I'm a person that I just put stuff, I just put stuff out, and then I just skedaddle out of the room. Hope <laughs> <laughs> so, like, this whole new next layer of, like, pr- self-promotion. Whoo, girl. Mm-hmm. I'd be having my stomach. That's weird. That's it's very weird. Uh, uh, very weird. But then, then the rewards are cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, granted, like when Joe Rogan is in the studio next door to us, we're gonna think this episode's hysterical. But, um, <laughs> bitch, since she she had me fucked up, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it's um. Chris and I were having a conversation a few weeks ago and we were talking about kind of this next level of trying to expand our audience, right? Because to this point, it's our friends, it's their friends, but it's a it's a tight little circle of people that we know get it and they're here because they they like it. I don't know if we've expanded to that part yet of somebody just like organically finding us because they don't know you or they don't know me or somebody hasn't referred them here. So the thought of people coming in and like being mean, I think that's what <laughs> that's what scares me the most because it's been a very gentle introduction into like a very nice pool of strangers who are excited for episodes and who are excited for content and that's very that that feels like a very safe place to release something into that you've creatively put together oh well lucky for you i have a vast experience (laughs) with mean with with putting your shit out there and people being mean um so when we get there yeah I, I I can walk you through that because um I've been to lots of therapy for that. 
Um. (laughs) (laughs) My friends keep going like, why do you keep changing your Instagram name? And I'm like, because I'm scared. (laughs) I mean, you shouldn't be because you control it. And see, that's the thing. You, you, You have the advantage of being a private person and staying as private as you would like to stay. I was, yeah. I didn't, I, I just jumped, literally jumped into a volcano. And then after the fact was like, oh, fuck, it sure is hot. You know? <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're, no, it's, it is scary. But also, after a while, you just don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure the first nasty comment will sting. But I think the other side, no, all the nasty comments will sting. You don't give a shit, but you'll remember the one. Yeah. Every time it doesn't that doesn't change. Like you, it could be 99 great comments and it'll be one comment that was like, I got 99 comments, but the nasty one is one. (laughs) The nasty one is the one that'll stay with you and and you carry it. And like, you know, there's all kind of like, um namaste type weird shit that you can do to deal with that or whatever and like there are also people who will really sit up and be like you know you can't focus on that you have to do this and you have to do that but like you're still a human in the world that shit sucks so but it's fine it'll be okay yeah you get used to it and also (laughs) it's just easier if you're just beloved it's just as easier that way (laughs) (laughs) so what you're saying is (laughs) i just have to force everybody to love me 100 percent. like sally field's not sitting around like damn this motherfucker hates me everybody loves that bitch you know what i'm saying like yeah fucking everybody loves elmo nobody's like man fuck elmo like you just gotta be (laughs) okay i mean but listen it is what it is. If you want to grow, that's just, they, they, that's why they call them growing pains. <laughs> you can't be for everybody. I think that's what I try to remind myself. You're, and you're not for everybody in real life, too, and that doesn't bother me, so. <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of like that shit. Yeah. So. <laughs> it weeds people out right quick. But the other thing, too, is... Um, I think in a weird, gross way, um, hate is also just an extension of love. So you still listen to that shit. So thanks for the play. <laughs> I mean, that's really like, that's how you have to think of it. Yeah. In order to like just 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 you know push through. Mm-hmm. Like I fucking hate Chance the Rapper really bad, but here I am talking about his ass and Chance the Rapper could say to me you you hate me so much but I take up so much time in your fucking brain yeah bitch but I hate you <laughs> so <laughs> it's just a thing you gotta deal with wow I'm trying just to like focus on like what we're doing and like putting out content and not trying to worry about that because I can't control that I can't control what happens we can't oh, control yeah. like where things go that part doesn't matter at all no that part doesn't matter at all uh, what I like to focus on, and what Justin always says is, he's like, it doesn't fucking matter who likes you and who doesn't like you. It literally, that part doesn't fucking matter. He's like, what matters is if you like the shit that you put out, mm-hmm. which is total glass jaw talking. 
Because he doesn't give a fuck. If no one <laughs> likes his shit, he doesn't give a fuck about social media. He had to like, he has a person that just does it because he's like, I don't fucking, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like, and it's a great attitude because he's like, nothing is more important than what you create and what you create should make you happy and, or should, or should fill you in some way. He's like worrying about if a person likes it or worrying about if a person responds. He's like, of course it feels great if they do. And he was like, but that shouldn't be your goal. Your goal should be to fucking do shit that you like. Yeah, I like that. You should put that on a t-shirt. Where does your anxiety come from? Oh, gosh. You know, or what makes you an anxious person? How did this start? I think that I've always, it's kind of weird. I think that I've always been an anxious person, but I didn't know that it was anxiety. I, I never had a word for it. So I would get these feelings and they would come up kind of out of nowhere and they would always happen in the evening. And I would have this feeling of like something's wrong or I'm forgetting something or it something just felt off to me and I couldn't pinpoint what it was. And I always associated it with just like uh, I'm forgetting something. I need to be doing this or I'm not doing this. And so I would usually just kind of like walk away, go take a bath, go take a shower, kind of like isolate myself from whomever I was with and just take a minute to like calm down um my anxiety actually I was able to put a name with it after we lost Luca uh I thought that I was um I thought that I was being really really a great mom in taking care of my kids and taking care of Chris like that winter Everybody was like doused with essential oils. Everybody had all the vitamins. Everybody had like I had this very strict regimen that had to happen every day in terms of like what I put in their bodies and put on their bodies. And we would go sort of like if we were going to go out to dinner, it had to be at a off time so that it wasn't crowded or busy or I could go to the gym, but it couldn't be crowded or busy because I didn't want to get germs. I didn't want to get sick. And um, I thought that, like, I was just doing a really good job at keeping everybody healthy. But, like, two years later, when all of that shit turned into regular panic attacks um, about my kids' health, I realized, like, oh, wait a minute. I think that I'm not functioning well in this right now. (laughs) I think that I might have something larger at play here. I was hypervigilant all the time about everything, and I couldn't focus. And something would happen and I would go down this K-hole of Googling what it was to figure it out, to solve it. And it was always traumatic. Every single time it was always traumatic. Okay, see, this is where I'm getting confused. Because (laughs) what you're talking about, I'm like, what do you mean you weren't focused? That sounds like pure focus. (laughs) No, I'm not kidding. Like, What do you mean hypervigilant? Yeah, that's what it takes. I'm... (laughs) So I'm really, and like, when something goes down, I spend all night Googling, mm-hmm. and this is me now, mm-hmm. and I just think that is being a good mom. Like, I don't, I don't categorize that as anxious. I categorize that as, as cons, conscientious, you know, whatever, all, that, all of that. I think it's great. Well, so I think that it, it can be helpful, and it can serve a purpose. However, I was so tightly wound, and I can remember back to like... I lost my patience for like stupid, silly things. Like 
I was so on edge and I was so tightly wound all the time about keeping everybody safe and alive that the littlest thing would set me off. And I would just like, I remember one time, I think Bennett did something, he was probably three or four, something really stupid, like that really just deserved like, hey, that wasn't a good choice. We shouldn't do that. And I picked up this tiny backpack and I flung it across the room and I screamed at him and I was like, oh my God, like that wasn't okay. My responses to things that were minor were not proportionate to like what the thing was. If that makes sense. No, that makes total sense. No, I have. That makes total sense. I have a thing where like when I know I'm getting in the fog. Mm -hmm. When my when my. um, When my temper's like just stupid short where I'm just like, what the fuck Mm -hmm. about just dumb shit. Yeah. Technically not really dumb shit. The the counters are sticky. The, The the why is that shoe there these are things that i think warrant rage yeah but i have to keep but that rage should be inside and not directed at other people because nobody cares about this thing like i care about but the thing that you're talking about in terms of like the regimen i think that is great parenting i genuinely do yeah (laughs) like i just think but if you weren't like so let's say so i had this very specific ritual of like cleansing them and then oiling their feet and oiling their spine and like running their diffusers and if I did not get to complete that ritual for the night I would spiral that sounds great (laughs) (laughs) like I'm not not understanding (laughs) oh my god so like when you say ritual I'm like yeah I gotta I got to bathe my kids a very specific way in the order. I got to get them out of the tub. I got to moisturize them. I got to, they got to get in fresh PJs. They got to get their hair brushed and put into a loose, low pony so that it doesn't, (laughs) you know, the thing's not too tight. Um, Everybody's teeth are brushed. Everybody's tongues are scraped. And then, you know, we can go to bed. If that doesn't get done, I'm like, you know, what the fuck is my purpose? What's happening here? Yeah. The whole world's going to fall apart. And like. Then the whole next day is going to be jacked. Yeah. For me. Mm-hmm. But I like, I don't see that as anxiety. I see that as running a greatly well-oiled machine. Yeah. Well, do you find that it gets in the way of like you living your regular life or you like getting other things accomplished? Do you find that it is derailing you know everything that happens before or after when you miss that you know no because I think that is life I think uh, my job is I'm a stay-at-home mom and those are the things I got to do at my job yeah like if I was a fucking janitor you know, I'd have to empty the trash cans, re-put the, the liner back in. And then if the people came in in the morning and I hadn't taken out the trash, I fucked up my job. Like, that's how I see it. Yeah. Well, okay. So I think that what you're saying is I I totally understand and get that. That is your job and you are trying to do the best job that you can possible. I think for me, it was more of... If I didn't, if I did not do the things that I had believed in my head were keeping my kids safe and healthy, that they, that the consequence was 
they're automatically going to get sick and die and it's my fault which is crazy it's it's not it's not true so for me it would send me into the spiral of oh oh my god they're they're going to go to school tomorrow they're going to get the flu the flu's going to kill them and then it's going to be because i didn't give them their probiotic tonight or i didn't make sure that they had you know the immunity oil mixed and rubbed on the soles of their feet before they went to bed See, I'm sitting here like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I have anxiety. <laughs> I so I, I'm maybe gonna. Maybe I gotta get help. <laughs> do you remember that one time you looked at me and you're like, "Real recognize real, bitch. Real recognize real, bitch." <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I think your phone is being silly. I don't understand it. That was weird. It just will cut out. Um, no, maybe I got to get help. But I also like... <clears throat> I, anxiety is also a super personal thing. So like the thing you're talking about. Yeah. That sounds perfectly normal to me and how, how I would like to live my day to day. Yeah. Like my anxiety, which I would call my anxiety, like that I, that I would call regular life. Mm-hmm. But like my anxiety is like, like when I'm in the midst of something big, but you, there's no, there's no like talking me out of it. Yeah. Like it, everything is, it is, it is disaster. This is doomed to failure. I can't, this can't be my palms sweat. My, my, my heart races. I will not sleep. I will replay the incident that I think is the demise Mm -hmm. 48 ways to Tuesday yep and then decide it cannot be fixed this is over I can't go back to this place it was nice knowing you see you around and like it takes me I'm talking about days weeks to come out of that space but only because like when I feel like I have to be a certain way that's when I get it and I don't like that so like yeah. we're talking about I probably mine's probably not even anxiety that's probably some other weird shit that's probably post-traumatic that's other weird shit yeah it could be um I think that if you're if you're feeling like you're not really sure I mean I the first appointment that I had with uh with the therapist and we sat down and she like drew out this really beautiful <laughs> It wasn't beautiful. It was just like this little sketch that she put together. But it was beautiful to me because it was the first time that somebody had like I knew something was wrong and I knew I what I knew I wasn't coping. Um, But for somebody to look at me and be like. Are you exhausted? And I was like, yes. And she she drew out the cycle of like what I was going through. And it was the first time somebody had actually said back to me. This is what you are feeling and this is how it's happening and this is what's triggering it. And it was like such a relief that like I actually had I now I had like a a plan to like go deal with it. Yeah. So you could someone made it real for you. Yeah. 
So Someone made it tangible and understandable for you mm-hmm. so that you could see it. So when it started happening to you, you could know, oh, the thing is happening again. I got to do X, Y, and Z so that it doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yes, yeah. I don't <laughs> you need you just need to like get that No, I need talk therapy. Teledoc, That's what talk I talk to somebody. Yeah. But the thing is is like um mine is mine is 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 super niche weird shit that like I feel is so dumb. Like I personally feel it's dumb and embarrassing. Mhm. Which it shouldn't be. No. I mean, everybody has their own weird traumas. But, like, I think it's just so dumb and embarrassing that I don't have anybody that I would feel safe talking to about it. Yeah. <clears throat> because even it, it, while it was happening last week, Justin was like, I was like, since I was drenched in sweat. He's like, from the thing? I was like, yeah. He's like, still? I'm like, dude, are you, we're, we've been married 20 years. What do you mean, still? Yeah. This is a thing for me. I'm talking about loose stools. It derails my whole nervous system, mm-hmm. my whole body, which is why I just love being in the house because <laughs> it's just fewer opportunities for that shit to happen. Yeah. But like the thing you're talking about, I think this sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, for you, for me, it was really bad. The The regular panic attacks and I knock on wood, I haven't had a full-blown panic attack and that's not just like oh my god I think I'm having a panic attack like (coughs) I can tell when they're coming on my top of my head gets cold and it gets tingly and I can feel that cold and tingle come down my body and so when I feel it hit my eyebrows I know that I'm going into this space and that I have to do something to pull myself out of it because once you go into it it's like you you I can't do anything but like cry and like rock myself in the fetal position. It's terrible. I I have that. Except it's not the cold. I have that. It's it's my hands start sweating profusely. I start feeling super nauseated. My st- my literal I I get the shits. Yeah. Heart is racing. Mouth is like like you smoke too much weed cotton mouth. Ugh, yeah. Drenched in sweat, but that like nauseated sweat, yep. like where you you really want to throw up but you can't, mm-hmm. and like your mouth is watering and you, you can't wait to throw up but it's not coming. Yep. Feet freezing, and then writhing like I can't sit still, just writhing like just just yeah. I gotta move, I gotta and no blankets thrashing, Ugh. but awake. So I had that for two days last week. <laughs> Oh, that's terrible. You, yeah, you should definitely, I would definitely, I mean, what, what you're, what you're feeling, what you're dealing with, I mean, your feelings are all valid. And despite, I mean, I know sometimes I feel like the therapist is judging you when you're in there talking about your stuff. Um, They're not, they just want to help. And I think if you can find somebody, I think finding somebody, especially that talks to women specifically can be really helpful because I think another woman is going to be more likely to understand whereas I think sometimes men are like get get over it you're still worried about that yeah yeah um no it's it's good and I actually it's it's this this I can't even explain it it's like a weird um 
What do you call that when something makes no sense? Oxymoron, but not that. Something else. So it's like, it's a good thing, but it's a bad thing. It's a good thing, but it's a bad thing. And it's a constant push and pull with me. Yeah. <clears throat> so like, it's cool. Yeah. I'm her. But then it's like, fuck. Ugh, I'm her. Yeah. <clears throat> but it is what it is. I'm not going to not be. Right. So that's why I think, that's why I'm like, for me, I think it's just so stupid. But like, the shit was traumatizing. Yeah. Well, I you your your feelings are valid and your feelings are real and you're allowed to look at it and feel however you want to because your experience was was uniquely yours and nobody can, you know, understand even somebody that's been in your shoes. Like everybody deals differently and it's okay. But you should yeah. you should talk to somebody. <laughs> For but sure. the other thing too is like there's this this is other super weird um <clears throat> like the shit don't line up like there's other weird misconception that if you're an anxious person that somehow you lack confidence or like would not be open to conversation and stuff like that and I don't have that you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying like like I can be shy if I wanted to be but if I'm shy it's because I don't really have nothing to say to you motherfucker yeah. like that. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? But if I was com- if I wasn't and I felt like talking to you, I I can easily talk to somebody. Yeah. So like it's weird like you know that weird thing where like people say they're introverts but they're really they're not. Yes. That like so I always get I always am careful about saying, "Oh, I have anxiety." Really what my shit is is like I get uncomfortable with a bunch of fucking eyes on me. Yeah. That's and I don't know if that's called anxiety, but I don't like Yeah, I shit. think I think that that constitutes as anxiety. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so a thousand plays. What the fuck? We got to slow down. (laughs) (laughs) What um, drugs do you take? Um, I take generic. We're talking about like the ones that... (laughs) over the counter yeah <laughs> the do- were the ones the doctor gave you yes they prescribed me generic zoloft it's called sertralin and i am forever thankful to the makers of sertralin because the difference between being off medication and being on especially in that initial time period of like being really deep in my anxiety was like night and day it was insane and I've been able to cycle through over the last few years um I'll use it when I know that maybe something's coming up um and I'm going to need to prepare for it or if I'm just feeling off I'll start into it again so for a while I did take it consistently and then started using CBD about two years after I started medication and CBD was managing it as long as things aren't like too heavy. And then when we had all that construction happening in the house and the basement kept flooding, I had to go back on my meds because I had one day where it was just like those times when you're like so overwhelmed in whatever it is that's going on. Like I was felt like I was going to throw up the whole time. I, 
it took every single bit of energy to like stand at the counter and make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for my children's lunches. I could not function. So from the stress, from the stress, it was so bad, it was so so bad. So so the the way that that drug works does it have to like build up in your body? Yeah, so it takes some time. Um, so like they you start off and you take like. A half a pill. 25 milligrams is what I took for five days. And then after those five days, then I took the whole pill, which is 50, which is a very, very low dose. And it worked for me for a long time. And I would say within the past nine months, I've had to bump up to 75 because I feel like the 50 just isn't cutting it as much as it had been. Um, The problem with drugs like this, though, is that you can... You can max out. Your body's going to get used to it, and you can max out at your dosage. And at that point, you have to be very, very careful because I think I think Robert Downey Jr. was the one that had his break. Like, if you were to just, like, stop taking that medicine cold turkey and not slowly ease yourself back off of it, uh, there's some very real consequences that can happen. So it's something so that makes me... your brain chemistry is off. Yes. And you could like snap. Yes. And it can it can it can be a permanent a permanent problem. So that's kind of what makes me so nervous. And when I had to bump up my dosage, even though it's still incredibly low, that that made my anxiety <laughs> flare up thinking that like I don't want to get to a point where I can't take this anymore because it's really helpful. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic. When I can, I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. See, because I, um... I went through a phase where I was like super angry about a lot of shit for no ass reason. Yeah. Well, it seemed like no ass reason. It seemed like no reason to other people. Yeah. But, you know, I was like mean as shit. Just a mean, I'm a mean motherfucker. I was just mean. Yeah. And um, I remember Justin with me at an appointment and just mentioned it to the doctor. Mm-hmm. We were at a. And my OB, we were, we were at an OB for something else. Mm-hmm. And I just, he was just like, yo, doc, <laughs> is it normal for my wife at this age to like just, her mood swings are wild. I was like, hold on. This- <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is this my appointment or is this your appointment? Um, and he's like, I was just, this is a general question. <laughs> so the doctor and I ended up having a conversation and he was like, you know, do you feel like you have eyes like for sure mm-hmm. I definitely feel like i'm mad and i'm mean and um 
it's making my face look old, which again, <laughs> the vanity was more important. I was like, this, my face is starting to look crazy. Um, so he put me on 10 milligrams of fluoxetine. So I guess that's Prozac. Mm-hmm. And like the first two weeks I was like, okay, I mean, I guess. I but like, you don't know that it's happening. But also I was thinking maybe because I want it to work so bad, I just have a better outlook. And so I just feel nicer. Yeah. But by the third week, I was like, oh, bitch, this is great. None of this shit bothers me. Whole house was upside down, fucked up. I didn't give a shit. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Yeah. What? 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 Can you come on my You are on my phone. Hi. <laughs> okay. I'm busy right now. You can go ask your dad. I don't know why why daddy's not your first choice when he's the one out there with you. Can you shut the door, please? Thank you. Um, so, so the medicine was, like, was good. It was great. <laughs> Tony the Tiger shit. And, but then I got scared. Then I was like, oh no, what if I got to take this shit for the rest of my life? Ugh. So I was using it for maybe like four months. And then one day I was like, meh, I'm cool. And I just stopped using it. Yeah. Which was probably not smart. Probably not. I'm going to call my doctor tomorrow, actually. I th- <laughs> Here's the thing. And I, I, I listened to this podcast for parents with children with anxiety because I have a child with anxiety and I'm trying to learn as much as I can to help her. And she said this thing once and it has stuck with me since. And she said, because a lot of parents are very hesitant to medicate their children when their anxiety or OCD is interfering with them being able to live their life. And she said, think about it like your kid has strep throat. The therapy is the throat lozenge. I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. I fucked that up. Okay. So she compared having anxiety and treating it to treating a child's sore throat. So if you were treating a child's sore throat, you would give them the throat lozenge and that is like the medication and therapy is the antibiotic. So we may be on medication for the rest of our lives, but if that means that you have a better quality of life, then what's the, you know, what's the harm in that? If the medication allows you to live a life where you're not so tightly wound that you're angry all the time that you're frustrated all the time then the benefit outweighs any of those risks it's about your quality of life and if your quality of life is suffering because you're so deep in whatever it is that you're going through then then take the throat lozenge so that you can work through your therapy more effectively Yeah, I got to get, <laughs> I got to get, um, no, I liked it and I, and I thought it <clears throat> was working and then I've been off of it longer than I was on it and I, I still think that I'm fine. Mm-hmm. So like there is sort of like this weird thing inside me that doesn't, that, that wants me to not believe. Yeah. And wants me to be like, I think that you can just get through this shit. Yeah. Whatever it is. What, so what? You're in a bad mood. Get in a better mood. Like. Which is stupid. I, I know that. Like, when I was on it, Justin was like, yo, you seem like so cool and <laughs> mellow right now. This is great. And then that that would annoy me. I'd be like, what the fuck? I was great before. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. like, okay, well, then you're going to get 
pre Prozac, Melissa, then for saying it. But I also, you know, I'm off a bit longer than I'm on it. So now I can't tell. I can't tell. Like, did I just, <clears throat> did I just um, suddenly get better? I don't know. But I should probably get back on that shit because having to do this podcast is, 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 is dredging up weird, um, too many eyes. Mm-hmm. So, like if I'm going to have to try to navigate and manage that and like still be present in the creation of the work, Mm -hmm. just the creation of the work, not where does it go? Not who sees it, not who likes it, who doesn't like it, just the creation of the work, Melissa, you are having fun doing this, Melissa, this is serving, um, something inside you that has nothing to do with Justin Beck. That has nothing to do with your children. That has nothing to do. It's something just for you and you like it. You should stick with it. Like, if I want to keep tapping into that, I should probably mm-hmm. take that shit. Because the second it starts becoming, like, more than that, and I start mind-fucking, yeah. oh, Amanda's going to be like, this bitch is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it, if it helps your overall quality of life, I'm all for it. I I can regularly, something will happen. Like there was one time I think pre-medicated me, my kids would get like a sniffle. We'd be at the pediatrician. I would just be like, could you just check them and see? We I, One time I took Quinn and Bennett, actually it was like a Sunday. It was a, like a nice Sunday afternoon. It was like February. The rec center that we belonged to had a really nice indoor pool. We took the kids swimming, and then I worked myself up into a tizzy because I thought that they had aspirated water and were going to dry drown. And so then we proceeded to spend our evening at the urgent care while I asked them to listen to my children's lungs to make sure that they weren't full of water so that they don't dry drown. (laughs) You didn't hear any of that, did you? I know you were at the pool. (laughs) I just don't want the tinny shit. <laughs> I didn't have to hear it. You, it's on. It's recorded. You were at the pool. <laughs> Did you see? My whole studio fell apart over here. <laughs> it's like in Dumb and Dumber when he's like, "Our pets' heads are falling off." <laughs> oh, hold on, I gotta fix it because then it fucks up the sound. <laughs> Such a professional operation. Okay, what happened? No, no I'm, I'm, I'm recap. No, we're good. I I think that if you think that medication could help you and allow you to go through therapy and be productive or just make it through your everyday life and feel okay, I am 100% for it. Hugs and drugs all day. So wait, you medicate your child? I do not medicate my child. However... My experience allowed me to see it in her when it started to crop up, and then I was able to immediately connect her with therapy, and we have made amazing strides. We, she, but I feel like I've learned so much too in how to communicate with her and help her through those moments that it's 
it's worth its weight in gold. And we're actually taking the summer off because at the end of the school year, we decided, her therapist and, and Chris and I, that she's managing so beautifully, take the summer off, and we'll reconnect when school starts at the beginning of the year. So it's... Um, no, that's wonderful. Talk therapy for children is wonderful. It was... And you know what? Once I figured out that they had it available within the school, they have licensed therapists connected to our children's hospital in the schools. So my child once a week, I didn't have to pick her up. I didn't have to take her anywhere. I didn't have to disrupt her day. She had a standing appointment with this woman that she adores. And if something comes up in the week and she needs help, she has that resource there immediately as soon as she needs it. And that's huge. And I can email this person with questions should I have done this differently could I have said this and I get real-time feedback so we check in every week she tells me what's going on and it has been the absolute best thing that I could have ever done for my kids ever like I will always be super and it's proud the best thing for her <clears throat> because she has all these tools yes that she she has all these tools and now she can articulate her fucking feelings like no other 10 year old can yes and she's like what so much more empathetic i mean she's an empathetic kid to a fault anyways but she's able to recognize now like especially as she gets older and that and the girls get nasty as they will she can recognize now that it's coming from a place of hurt and being able as a 10 year old to understand that like this person is being an asshole, but I don't think they're really trying to be an asshole. They're probably just going through some shit. It's like, it's huge. And I'm hoping that no, will help her. You probably saved her so much pain. Oh my God. I hope. We'll see. Time no, will tell. It's so important because in girl world, that shit is happening right now in real time. Yeah. They are being gross to each other. Yeah. You could see it. It's happening. And, 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 and that she has those tools. That she has those tools especially to be dealing with it during a pandemic mm -hmm. when she's seeing her friends or not seeing her friends when these people are clicking up and uh, you know alliances and friendships are changing i see mm -hmm. it i i'm having hours long conversations with shalom now has about feelings on this shit has shalom read the book called real friends mm -mm. okay you need to get on amazon when we're done here, you need to order her this book called Real Friends. The um, author and illustrator, she's the one, I'm pretty sure she illustrated all the new Babysitter's Club books, but it's this book about this girl, it's told from her perspective, and she's navigating friendships in like fourth, fifth, sixth grade. And so like the little girl who's been her best friend since kindergarten, you know, now has a new best friend and navigating that relationship and then her relationship with her siblings at home. And it was, we had some mean girl activity with Quinn in second grade and she was struggling. And that's kind of what sparked all of this stuff to kind of come to the surface. And a friend recommended that book. And since then, like everything that this woman has put out, there's like a whole bunch of them. They do these really great like tween middle school like graphic novels that like talk about like, you know, crushes and like mean yeah, friends I wonder and clicks. I, and she has like 12 graphic novels that she blasts through. I wonder if those are the ones I bought. It might be. Found, you know what? There's one called like drama, one called 
Yes. Okay. Yes. She has the whole set. Yes. And they're adorable. They're adorable. She well, blazed through them and she loves them. Uh, Quinn does too. Like I'll bring one home and within like two hours it's done. Oh, yes. We went through. Yeah. I have the whole collection and they are like bright colors. Mm-hmm. There's little cartoon people yep. on there. Oh, yeah. Okay. She loves that. Well, I'll see. I have real friends. So if you want me to send it to you, I will. But it's it's really, really good. And I think she would really like it because she'll see herself and her relationships or she'll see things that she's experienced in school in this book what I found is all three of my girls actually we had a conversation about it today is you know pandemic is hard for kids because you know they're away from their friends and Maja's been writing songs and drawing things of I miss my friends and I don't like coronavirus and I can't wait till coronavirus goes away and I miss my teacher and remember my best friend this like you know, so she's feeling it, and I see it in her artwork. Yeah. So you know, I'll 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 pull her aside and talk to her. You know, um, but I'm also like, wow, you are remarkably mature for a seven year old that you understand that you just can't you can't go to your friend Micah's house right now because it just can't be done. So you know, whenever she's missing her friends, she'll ask me, can I Facetime or Aww. can you call her mom and see if we can Zoom? But like. She also super gets it, which is also scaring me. I'm like, wow, I must have scared the shit out of these children. <laughs> I can't imagine how. <laughs> <laughs> because she's also like, she sees people without a mask. She sees no social distance. She's like, <laughs> what's going on here? So like, I can't tell if I've done my kids a service or a disservice, but like the level of maturity. And so I have to remember all the time that they're still little, little girls. Yeah. That they're definitely having feelings, that their uh, their friends are definitely hanging out without them. Yeah. And that this is going to create a whole other layer if and when school comes back. You know, that people's friendships continued on and, and Shalom's didn't or Maja's didn't. And poor Shira doesn't even have a friend. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <laughs> but like it is, I'm worried all the time. About Shalom. All, all the girls, really. Yeah. Because that mean girl shit, it shapes who you become. Mm-hmm. Oof. I know. I'm not... Quinn has some really sweet friends, and I really like all of them. And so you just hope that, like, that core group of girls that she talks to regularly, like they don't get nasty or they don't have a falling out and it's inevitable like things will shift as she gets older but I uh I just second grade was so hard because these girls were just so nasty and it was so terrible that whole year was so terrible and um how how are you a mean second grader like what is going on in your house that you're mean to somebody well I mean, we could get into it because I know exactly where it was coming from because the girls that, you know, I I knew the girls that were doing it and I knew what was going on at home. And it's unfortunate. And that's where kind of where all of our conversations were rooted in. But it made my child miserable. Oh, it was so terrible. Like I was literally looking at homeschooling her. It was March, and I thought I could do this for a couple months just to get her out of here and into next year uh, because the school was not helpful at first. 
until like my fourth email where I looped in the principal and was like, I need to know what's going to be done by three o'clock today. Thank you. Um, but yeah, and then since then, I we get we fill out these sheets before the end of the school year that we talk about the children and what their strengths and weaknesses are and what kind of classroom they do best in. And at the very bottom, I always write, do not put her in class. And we have a With very X, small y, school. Yeah. So I'm sure at some point they'll be back together again. But from now until the end of time, <laughs> I will always put, do not put her in class with these children because it was bad. No, I hear, I, I get, I, we've been lucky so far. That's good. Shalom has lovely friends and their moms are lovely because <laughs> really I, I'm pulling the strings in this minute. Um, <laughs> but the little girls are lovely and their moms are lovely and, and, and we've sort of just managed in that small group, but like, I'm not always going to be there. Yeah. Shalom is going to, Shalom's going to make a friend one day with someone who seems lovely and is not. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have to process that. And that's going to be really hard for me because, <clears throat> like I said, I, I could be a mean bitch. Yeah. And <laughs> it, it's not going to be good. It's Yeah. I mean, I think at one point, like, I was so mad. And she's telling me, she, you know, she'd come home and she'd tell me these things that happened. And I was like, this is not this child's name. I was like, fuck Susie. She's like, oh. and I was like, no, for real. Fuck Susie. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, this person, Quinn. I was like, why would they say this to you? And then she, oh, was, they were saying wild shit to her. They would, they would exclude her. They would say mean things to her. The one would tell the others not to play with her. And so then she finally, like, found somebody else to play with at recess. And then they approached her and they were like, you can't play with her. You should come play with us. It and my oh, cha- see that oh yeah, Susie wants to die. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was real mad at Susie that year. What the fuck? Um, yeah, so it was just dumb stuff like that that, like, as an adult, you're like, Sir- <laughs> Really? <laughs> I don't even see it dying. It just will close out. So, yeah, Susie wants to die. Susie wants to die. And I will. So wait, did you ever contact the parents directly? Okay, so then, so somebody was like, you should contact the parents directly. The problem is, is that I knew that if I contacted the parents directly, there would be no resolution. So that's why in my final email to the school, because I had been talking to the teacher and I, I looped in the principal, the principal brought all of the girls down to the office and had a conversation with all of them. And then that weekend... I ran into one of the parents at a school function who knew that the child had been brought into the meeting, but the school did not call the parents to say why, or this is what's going on and you need to talk to your child. And the child would not tell the parent why she was called to the (gasps) principal's office. So now it's my responsibility to explain to this parent why there's a problem and what's going on. And... It was it was very uncomfortable, and I wish that I hadn't had been the one to do it. And it no, see, that was he, actually the school fucked the up. The school should have done it, but then but then it put me in the awkward situation of like now the parent wants to like try to do right, and now is like inviting my child everywhere and anywhere with them to go hang out, and my kid is like no no, 
And I want to be like, stop asking. Like, we're going to keep saying no. Stop asking us. Just take the hint. Like, my child does not want to play with your child. Do you have to see this mom regularly? Um, no, mom Mom has um, off hours. So she, I see her infrequently. I see dad all the time because dad is at home working. Oh. And it's not awkward. Um, is it awkward? I feel awkward, but I don't think that they do. Because my method of like dealing with it is just avoid. I'm not going to go out of my way to come talk to you. And, um, and I'm just going to like, I'll say hi, but I'm not going to like take it beyond that where maybe I would have previously and, and they do. And so then I'm like, I hate it. Whew. You don't have HBO? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I, I did. I did. And then um, when did we cancel it? I feel like we probably canceled it. We watched uh, The Righteous Gemstones. It was it last winter? Spring, I guess. Maybe spring it was ending. And then we canceled it because there was nothing else on that we wanted to watch. So maybe I no. need to bring it back. I'll Be Gone in the Dark is really good. I bet. I really want to see it. And it's multi-layered because it's 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 Michelle's life intertwined with her obsession with this thing and like Oh. I was in tears just the last the last 5 minutes of the third episode just the way Patton saw her, truly saw her and the way he texted her some messages of support because she was in the throes of her anxiety with finishing this book. Yeah. And just the way he supported her as a husband. The text that had me in tears was, she's going to get to uh, soccer. I'm filling the gas tanks. Don't worry, I got the dishwasher. Don't worry about it. You just write your book. And bitch, I was not expecting to cry. I'm up here looking for rapes and murders. And I was just like, Patton, who are you? Like, what? What? Wow. And then at one point he said, at one point he said, um, you know, that she would just be in the middle of entertaining and then just dip out because she had to write. And he's like, so he's like, you don't understand a writer. He's like, a writer is like, they say they need an hour to write, but they need five hours. They need one hour to get the words out, but five hours to percolate and like get that. And I was just like, I feel so seen right now. This motherfucker, Pat and Oswald, <laughs> I was not thinking, I was not really thinking of you. To be the sexiest man alive, yeah. but here we are. She's like, I'm sorry, my under my underwear went right now. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, um, oh my god, I have to get it. I think it, it July 31st becomes HBO Max, and I think it's like twelve dollars a month or some shit. It's okay, be like its own Netflixy type thing. But yeah, the show is really well done, just really well done. And then you're constantly because you, as the viewer, already know that she's passed. Yeah. So, like, you're just heartbroken that she didn't get to see yeah. the end of this. Yeah. And she was so close and that her work helped make this come true. You know, her work brought justice to the, like, it just, and you're a podcast lover. So it's like. Well, they have a podcast. On top of, yeah. It's, a, it's like the podcast on top of the writing, on top of the research, on top of the documentary style of her. It's yeah. amazing. 
so well done. I'll have to check it out then because I have been listening to the podcast and I really like that. Yeah, it's so well done. And she was amazing. Just the whole story was so incredible. And yeah, the thought that like this was her, this was the most important piece of work that she did and she didn't get to realize that success or any, I mean, it's so tragic. Oh, yeah. So I got to go because it's about to come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sounds good. You don't got to You don't got to Okay. I'll talk to you later. Before I say imperfect strangers a million times and tell you all of the things that we always say at the end of every single episode, uh, on behalf of Melissa and myself, I just wanted to take a minute and thank you guys for your enthusiasm, for your support, the sharing and the commenting and joining us on these Monday lives really means a lot to us. It's very scary to put out something that you really love and believe in and spend a lot of time working on and the sheer um, amount of love and support that you guys have given back really means a lot to us and we would be silly to not thank you a million trillion times at the end of this episode so thank you thank you thank you now on to business subscribe Wherever you listen to podcasts, if you are on your Apple device and you have not subscribed, there's like 139 of you because I can see it, subscribe. We release episodes every Friday. This way, you won't miss a single one. Also, while you're in that Apple app, hop in there, give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps tremendously. You guys think that we're just like out here trying to get you to rate and review, but it lets other listeners know and it helps to bump us up the charts. So go do it. You can find us on Instagram at imperfectstrangers underscore podcast. Don't forget to check out that virtual uh, live story that happens with every episode on Fridays. If you miss it, you can find it in the highlights. You can find us on Facebook imperfect strangers podcast this is a place for you guys to go create a community you can talk to each other talk about episodes just don't be an asshole you can find us on twitter imperf strangers we have a live show every single monday at 7 p.m so turn on your notifications so that you don't miss it because once it happens it happens and it's gone so don't miss out on that and then also you guys don't forget You can shop at 1926nyc.com through August 1st and save 25% off of your order site-wide, no restrictions, when you use our code STRANGERS25. So you loved our earrings from Monday's live episode. You loved um, all of the things that JJ has posted or talked about showing on his Instagram. Get in there, shop small, support a friend of the pod, We will see you guys back here next Friday with a brand new episode. In the meantime, don't be a stranger. Bye, guys.